They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined with my best friend, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trimbicky. How you doing, baby? How's any better? I'd be you. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> As always iTunes, Google Play, Pod, being a Stitcher, Ringside Club, we'll use the promo code MMAN to save 10% off your order. So, we missed the last couple of weeks. I was upset. I'm kind of upset about last week because I did have things to say last week. I was upset about last week, too. But I, I was I, the one that queued up here with my laptop, my notes, my notes that are handy a week later. I, I was ready to rock. Yeah, so I'm pretty On the regularly scheduled day. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get to, we'll, we'll get to the... the Weekend shows shortly. So, while we were gone, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. AEW Collision was officially announced. June 17th was the first show. And tonight on Dynamite, it was officially revealed. Announced, announced United, and confirmed. United that Center? C- what was that? Is it United Center again? I, be- I believe so, yes. It's been 100% confirmed that CM Punk is returning to AEW at Collision on June 17th. So, we've been hearing the speculation. It's not a surprise this time. It's official. So, give me your th- official thoughts on CM Punk returning to Collision. All right. I'm glad you started with, with uh, me or that. Um, I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm interested. I'm excited because of the interesting aspect of it. Um, cut all the bullshit. Put it to the side. The easy to hate on Phil or what you can do, what you can say to knock him. But this man, despite Roman's t-shirt, this guy is a needle mover. (laughs) Um, This guy, this guy really does keep people talking. This guy really does entertain the masses. I mean, he, he said on his social media, how has he not been on TV in nine months? Yet, the dirt sheet reporters still report about him every single week. You know, I mean, for it's not like, yes, has it been talked about about with Collision for the past two months, three months, that like, yes, a new show's coming, CM Punk's going to be a part of it, XYZ, XYZ, XYZ. Yeah, but they've been talking about Punk in the dirt sheets since day one of his suspension slash injury slash brawl out. It's never stopped. It's never went away. Um, I mentioned to you and, um, you know, with what are you, what are you watching segment? Um, I recent uh, last night and, you know, you always see these weird compilation videos and, um, homemade documentaries that, that pop up on social media, but somehow, I was exhausted yesterday. Worked 10 hours, got done, was in the gym for an hour and a half, came home after my shower and eating. I was just like, oh, I just want to lay down. I knew I had double or nothing queued up on my living room TV. And I thought about like, I was going to rewatch it. But then I was like, I just want to lay in my bed. And I, it would have been a hassle to get it queued up. So I'm laying in bed. I click on YouTube and I see it was one of the first things that pops up on like the second bar. CM Punk in AEW, the definitive cut in parentheses, documentary. You know, and especially for me as a, a AEW diehard, 
it's easy to forget like so many little details. Like for you, I really think this is a good watch because you don't watch the product, the, the product regularly, but like this documentary is just over an hour long and it's from a real neutral perspective. They point out the flaws on both sides. They point out like when this guy is acting like an idiot and like when he's doing something, maybe right. Um, I think in hindsight, and especially to like the punk hater or like a huge WWE mark that's just like, yo, all right, cool. Like punk came home, oh, man, that was a boss. Like it really like, oh, he was there for a year. He's gone and got injured, blah, 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 blah. But like the guy really did, if you do look back at this, like what he did in a short amount of time, hell of an impact in the company. And it's, it's like. I don't want to say it's like the greatest of like what could this have been because a lot of good did come out of it. Yeah. So all lot, in all, I'm excited. Yeah. So a lot did, a lot of good did come out of it, and there is a lot of what could have been. And I kind of, I'll kind of get to this when we talk about Double or Nothing that Punk added star star power that AW drastically needed and. They've been kind of hurting, in my opinion, on it ever since he did leave, because his name with anybody is 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 a mark is a marquee matchup at this point, especially when you lead into your bigger shows. So the thing with Collision is kind of like I don't want to la- I mean I don't want to label label everybody. I don't want to label them as the problem child problem children, but it seems to be like the people that don't get along with people or. Have had, con- had conflicts, are the ones or the ones that aren't being on TV or not haven't been used for a long time. That's where like everybody seems to being ended up. Like when we talk about, go ahead. Quick pause. I actually maybe it's because I'm such a mark for the product, but like, yeah, these are people that are not on TV. But you are kind of right with that whole like problem child. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like just give it that label. Like it's I, just more to it. I don't think of that naturally because okay. of how much, again, being a fan of the brand and the product, I don't think of that. But like the immediate, and I, I guess I'm already going in defense mode. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like Miro. Oh, okay, cool. That's not good for me, brother. I'm out. Uh, Andrade, fight in the back. Punk, fight in the back. And now I'm already going in defense. I'm like, what did Scorpio do? <laughs> it, it was funny because he, like, that was like the, his first post I've seen that he's posted in months. He's going to be on Scorpio Sky. That he's gonna be on, on collision, and I was like, I forgot all about him because I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened to him. And then like th- also we got Thunder Rosa who allegedly re- apologized to the women's locker room recently, according to Soraya. So like I don't want to label them that, but it's just talent that wasn't used properly or not on TV at all that are gonna be. And I th- it's not quite a brand split, but you can kind of say it's gonna be a brand split, in, kind of. But like. I think he's drastically needed because AEW is lacking star power, and I'm not. I'm curious to know if they were trying to keep that a secret or that they're trying to boost those ticket sales because reportedly those ticket sales haven't been the best for the first Collision show. So this ran through my head earlier, and this is because I thought so. This ran through my head, mind you. It was the nine o'clock hour. I think Tony TK made the uh, announcement that he was going to be on collision on the debut episode. I was already thinking early today when we're on the show, I was going to bring up the topic about how big of a star CM Punk is. I wanted to bring it up because 
good, bad, or indifferent, seven years away from the industry, back for a year and a half, and then gone again. And, you know, all the buzz he gets in the sheets. I would argue, put aside, literally, literally, and and I want to be wrong. I was sober at the time. I want to be wrong, but like, Randy Orton and John Cena both debuted at Oto. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Outside of Randy Orton and John Cena, 21 years ago, is there another more famous wrestler to the non-wrestling fan than CM Punk? Um, That debuted, you said, in 20 years ago? Like, you, you obviously, like I'm saying, since... That since has debuted since O two till now. Oh, okay. Like uh, maybe Brock, but that's that's probably about it. Yeah, that actually, yeah, I didn't even think the fact that him, but yeah, that was a good answer. Yeah, probably Brock. That's that, that's all I could really think of. Because like, and I, my fandoms. So, yeah, my fandoms known with Punk, I guess, in, in that essence. But like, what are the odds? So, um, I meant to say this before we started recording, but, um, for the listeners, we started recording a little late tonight. I was actually setting up because hosting some distant family, uh, at the moment. And while they're asleep over in a guest room, they, um, they walked in maybe 60 seconds before the announcement. So he walks in and while we're dapping each other up, CM Punk is getting like the name is getting thrown over the speaker and I'm missing the announcement. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, he's like, that's your guy. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I talked to this guy about wrestling once every 21 months. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. Quick pause. I got to rewind this. This is a big deal. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm excited. The documentary I recommend for all the listeners. Uh, I, I, I really don't know if it was someone reputable that, that, um, compiled it i do know I, I sent it to a bunch of close friends cm punk in AEW, the definitive cut documentary youtube must watch cm punk he, he's garnering the attention of wrestling fans then now forever looking forward to it yeah so we'll see what happens when it comes to collision uh before we get started you hit on what we've been watching i'll just throw this out there quick because the only thing i really watched was the weekly stuff from this past weekend um, I did find the dark side of the ring, uh, Chris Candido and Sonny. I did find it. Took me a while, but I did come, come across it. It was really good. Thanks for sending the link. <laughs> it was really good. My bad, I got you. If I could find it again, because good Lord. But it was really good. Um, really sad, because I didn't know he was that that's, young. That's... He, it's a little bit before my time, but I did not know he was that young. He, he really was. And um, they talked about the way they broke into the business, of course, how Sonny you know, became the bigger star. I kind of wanted them to dig more into, like, their departure from WWF. But they didn't really do that, and they, they skipped over the WCW stuff. But uh, I, when I, they jumped to, like, when they went to ECW. Well, yeah, they went WWF ECW. They skipped over WCW. And then they went to the, like, when they were out of ECW, then they jumped to Puerto Rico for a second. And they showed a couple of uh, reels of them in Puerto Rico. And... You can just kind of see it there, cause like I said, I didn't know he was so young, but like you could see how like out of shape that he was, and this is probably what two thousand two, two thousand three, and he's not even he's probably knocking on thirty at the most, and 
looking at Sunny, she just already looked not good. And then I also like did a backtrack to see what they looked like in WCW. And you can kind of see like Sunny just start to deteriorate. And at that time in WCW in 2000, she was only 27 years old. But you can see it like even through the makeup is like she's starting to not look good. And they talked about her addiction with liquor, as I'll tell people, get off that stuff if you can. But she it did not it did not look good. And like even she wasn't in it, but like a lot of her shoot interview stuff was in it. Oh um voiceovers from the interviews were in it and like Terry Reynolds was in it and she was talking about how Sonny was saying how she didn't have any regrets of the entire situation. If anything that happened with Chris and Terry was kind of like roasting her for that. And it was just a complete sad story, especially the way he died because like he got himself together and he had surgery because he got hurt in TNA. And then he got blood clot from a flight because he took a flight um, right after he had surgery. And that pro- that caused his death from taking a flight right after surgery. It was really mm. sad to watch, like all these dark yeah. sides are. I definitely, watch it. Yeah. I definitely look forward to watching. I definitely look forward to watching. Yeah, but it it was like I, I wish it hit on Sunny a little bit more, but it was a good watch as all these are. Sad too, but like we all know we we live in like in a, a, a sensitive world and a better world now. But the one yeah. thing I can kind of say is I'm glad the entertainment industry, wrestling, sports, um, music, whatever you want to use, I'm glad all that's like in a somewhat of a better place because. You hear about people, all these older wrestlers and stuff, and how the business was back then. You see them walking around these cons; they look awful. They could barely walk. There, you hear about their their demons, and I'm glad like it's a better place now for all for everybody. For sure. But definitely give that a watch. So before we uh, get into the weekly co- weekend content, we'll play for you our rating system. The following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slower knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings. It will get a showstopper. So since we started with AEW, we'll start with AEW for Double or Nothing. What were your thoughts on Double or Nothing 2023? Man, um, I'm going to give it a high slobber knocker. Okay. Um, again, as I always say, I'm an AEW mark. I'm going to give it a regular slobber knocker. Okay. I give um before I let you get into your rating on it. Uh, I got to go to regular slobber knocker just because the show overall. I mean, <sighs> holiday weekend and like I, I don't want to take nothing away from AEW, but like Vince used to, there used to be the joke that Vince used to say he would have to, told um you know he would have told um. The Bucks and Cody, oh, you don't want to work a holiday weekend, or oh, you don't want to work Vegas, you don't want to blah, 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 blah. And like four four years later, it's like, all right, there were some dead spots in the crowd. The crowd was dead in some spots. 
Um, I don't know how much we'll get into certain matches, but aside from the rating, I, I do have some high points that I, I would want to get get to after you give your rating. But the two main events, the last two matches, carried the show. I hate to say this about any wrestling show, especially one I enjoyed, especially one I paid for. But like the majority of the show is forgettable outside of maybe like the opener and the last two matches. Um, yeah, is there cool spots? Is there cool this, cool entrance, cool gear? For sure. But the main event, I would argue, MJF said it during the media scrum. I fought it when I heard the pinfall. Maybe the greatest Fatal 4-Way match of all time in a singles one versus one versus one versus one. Maybe the greatest Fatal 4-Way of all time. And then Anarchy and Arena. Holy shit. From somebody that loves hardcore wrestling, that thing was nuts. <laughs> um, just when I thought they couldn't top their self, like halfway through it, they just topped it again and again and again and again and again. Insane. Uh, great double main eventer. Okay. So I'm glad you went first because I'm going to, you, I'm going to echo a lot of everything you said. So I, I am going to give it a slobber knocker. Um, um, you hit it on a point that crowd was dead and I'm not sure. I ha- I've I've seen most of every AEW pay per view. I think I've only missed two. But I think this was one of the lower end pay per views that they had. I'm not sure if Double or Nothing lost his luster. I'm not sure if they don't if they don't have the star power or what. But there was a lot kind of like missing from this show. It just didn't feel like every other Double or Nothing. It didn't feel like a big deal. Uh, MJF Fatal Four Way match excellent. Anarchy in Arena completely nuts. Um, I don't know how to even actually rate that match. It was just all over the place. Well, all the the, um, the split screens of all the time. I appreciate the live band this this year. I really did appreciate that for, for most of it. And then the Bucks kicking them, kicking the leader for having a BBC shirt on. <laughs> I did appreciate that. Um, well, B, Blackpool, com- yeah, BC South Coast, right? <laughs> yeah, but, you're a freak. Uh, yeah, sh- uh, shout out to the newest member of the NWO, Sarah J. But um, it was it was a sh- it, that that was an interesting match, and they did build to a forbid forbidden door, and I can appreciate that part. But like the undercard, I did really enjoy Warlow and Christian Cage. I really did oh. enjoy that ladder match. Go ahead. Are you saying that? Are you saying? Are you saying that because uh, Kanosuke? I'm saying his name wrong. I'm sorry. Why are you saying they build towards Forbidden Door? Because Forbidden Door is next, and allegedly Kenny is going to get a Bushi. Um, okay, okay. That, that's that, that's what I'm that's what I'm leaning towards. Because like I think didn't he say that Abushi's a free agent? He's not with with them no more. Okay, but with but, a, with, but, with but didn't, but didn't uh, Kenny say that he had to get some help and it's not in America or something like that from the media scrum? And I saw something that Hangman said that Kenny is not in the USA and it's not in Canada, so he's getting yes. some kind of help. Oh. For Forbidden Door, I guess. Got it. Got it. I'm sorry. I miss. I misunderstood. I thought you were saying that Kenny versus Ibushi, Ibushi oh, no. joining the elite, like the golden elite. Oh, yes. Yeah. This, okay, this yeah. makes sense. My my okay, my apologies. Yeah. Continue. Okay. Continue. Yeah, yeah. I really did enjoy Warlow and Christian. I really did enjoy that. Um, the crowd. Except for another ladder spot. Somebody <laughs> crucify me. Where the that? marks come for me? Say that again. 
because the ref stuff. Ward Wardlow Ward coming off the ladder, and then here comes here comes three producers. Here comes <laughs> Rick Knox holding the ladder. Yeah, uh, I, I saw. Uh, uh, one knee. Come on, man. Yo, y'all gotta appreci- stop this. I Don't do it, Jeff Hardy. Spot if if you ain't gonna do it, like Jeff's gonna do it, because Jeff would have made that nut ass dive. Dolo, I understand he he weighs different. Get a shoot ladder. Don't get these gimmick ones. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, I gotta cry about it. I can appreciate the ladder match. It was great. The crowd chanting, uh, turtleneck to Christian, because you know I love Christian in the turtleneck. That that needs to be a figure, ASAP. And I never realized like the the undercard was pretty much lackluster. Jamie Hader was hurt. Um, the TBS title match that was Jay Cargill's best match, but yep. Chris Statlander winning, I it doesn't bother me. It bothered a lot, but it doesn't bother me. And right. I never know. I never knew how much I missed Karen Jarrett. She was amazing because you know you I'm her a Mark. From what? Like where was she before that you missed her from? She was in TNA a lot. And you ain't watched that? Get out of here. I watched enough TNA. So Get like, out of here. I never thought I missed Karen Jerry because she was great. When I, when I saw she was on the program last week, I popped huge. And Jeff Jarrett might be one of my favorite wrestlers at this point. I don't know why. I always thought he was. The resurgence Anyone that he's had is great. <laughs> the resurgence he's had has been great. <laughs> it really has. But that's it. The, the undercard, it just like, even when we bought the... Re- I was ready to preview the show last week. I'm just like, there's not much here. It's just not. Right. And that was for WWE as well. There's not much here. Other than NXT, there's nothing here. But there, there ain't nothing in NXT except a good looking women's champion. No, Come no. on. Stop. Burn is, we, look, Burn's doing great booking down there. Burn is doing, Burn's doing great booking down there. Before, hold on, while you're still on the AEW women's topic, I, I before we go too far away, TBS championship match. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm confused because Jade's a heel. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like that whole, like, run. I guess that, like, oh, open challenge, a baby face winning it. But it's like, Jade, and I get it because of everything she's got, her husband, her, you know, interests outside of wrestling. She she needs a break. I get it. But when she comes back, there ain't, she can't be a heel no more. Like, the most gorgeous woman on the face of Earth. The looks, the entrance, and I, I'm, I'm speechless by this match. Outside of, again, opener, double main event, I thought she was going to lose. Because I thought Ty was going to beat her the first time. But they had the stipulation. The stipulation was lifted this time, so I was like, Ty is going to win. So I'm watching it with Richie. Richie apparently hates Ty. <laughs> I've been a little sprung on Ty since I think like December 2016, the first house hardcore show I was exposed to her. And, you know, just by the build, I've been, I've been a fan. I've seen Ty in Lucha Underground, her time in NXT. All right, somebody tell me I'm just a perv and I'm wrong. Aaron, does she suck in the ring? I never seen the appeal. All right, I thought she was good. I thought she was good. Like how? How can how? Like and again, did you watch any of her impacts? Wasn't she Impact Champion recently, or was she just she was, a tag she was, champion? She was Women's Champion. All right, so like I figured, like they, you know, usually their Women's Champions have some work rate. 
So I didn't watch any of her matches in Impact, but I was assuming she could go in the ring. What? So Jade, 60 and 1. 60 matches. And while she was TBS champion, and when she was winning it in the tournament, dude, the trolls are on the internet. Oh, she's so green, she's so green, she's so green. In 60 matches, Ty's got to be doing this for 10 years. Jade carried her ass. Jade was out there moving flawlessly, seamlessly, not missing a beat, doing spots that don't make sense for somebody that's been doing this for two years, three years, tops. Ty's been doing this 10 years. I'm I'm so confused. Like, Jade, again, I, I my hat off to her. She's a freaking star. I can't wait to see when she returns. Now, I'm curious. Now, on the media scrum, did Tony Storm really say something about Jade, or you don't know? Was that real that I saw? Like, was it negative about her? About I'll slap the tits off her chest. Was that real? Um, I think she said she she did say that, but I think she said that like real heel fashion because she she kind of ran down a few other people. Okay, cause the reason I'm asking is because. Jade doesn't has she's interacted with Britt in the main women w- once in AW t- TV to my to my knowledge I'm pretty sure it's one time so yeah. maybe get Jade because like the the main title scene Jade's never challenged for the women's championship so it's right, been a TBS been title so maybe I'm not sure if she's quote unquote taking that break that you talked about but having her inserted into that NWO New Blood storyline. Or have her or just have her be a new challenger for Tony Storm would be actually interesting and new because we haven't seen that and she could actually move on to the next title and still be sixty and one because of their ranking system she should still be the number one contender. So more or less how it went in the media scrum, who, who whatever reporter asked Tony Storm, they said Jade lost her title tonight and you know whether she takes time off or when she comes back. Uh, what do you think about her challenging you for your title? And Tony kind of was like, well, look, she lost. I'm sure she's going to want her title back. So how do we know she's going to want to come for me? She's probably going to want to go for that title. And then basically like deflected and kept the heat and said, look, she wants to come for me. I'll slap the tits off her. Okay. Okay. So that's a possibility, but I thought that was her best match. Um, the, the unsanctioned match was strange. Um, that ending, not a fan at all. Hell in the cell, Bray Seth Rollins. Yeah, I wasn't a fan either, so I'm, I'm being consistent. Same, not a fan. Same, but same same finish. It's unsanctioned, but referee yeah. stopped it. But Jericho redeemed it. But that segment backstage, what kind of a woman hits a man with a candlestick? <laughs> I watched that so many times because the seriousness that he said it with. And then he said, I'm a wizard bitch at the end. Yeah, with the flyer, with the flyer. Fantastic. <laughs> Won me over. Maybe forget the whole terrible ending. But I give double or nothing a slobber knocker. That, I don't know if you have anything else to say about it So before we move on to Night of Champions, but go ahead. So, again, being being a big fan of AEW and the product, uh, I don't know if I'm wrong, but, like, I – the Four Pillars storyline, I think, is and was cool. I think it makes sense in ways where, where like, okay, hey, look, uh, it's the four pillars. 
Uh, it was something they talked about. I'm not even trying to speak out of out of tone and say like, hey, this probably would have been a fire storyline if one of these four was the TNT champion and it was these four guys going for it. But like, I really, we didn't get to do a, a traditional pr- prediction show. I didn't see none of these three dethroning Max. And I'm probably dead wrong for saying it, but like, I don't see either of these three ever being AW oh, world no, champion. No, no, or no, no time soon for sure, for sure, for sure. But um, like, I can't see Sammy Guevara has a freaking merch T-shirt saying "Future" with a cartoon picture of him with the AEW World Title. Like, the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. Um, like, I'm going to hell for saying this. Like. Chris Candido, like, he should have had a T-shirt of him with the big gold or, <laughs> or like, with the winged eagle or, like, I no. Or the East – I don't know. It's it's silly. Um, but the, ma- the match the match delivered or over-delivered. How else, uh, however, the um, one thing we all forget, like, as much as – I love tag team wrestling and like I'm a, I, I enjoy the bucks and enjoy FTR. Like someone like me, a hardcore wrestling fan, like, yeah, I may go to a wrestling show because there's going to be a good tag title match there. Or like somebody like if you're, which I am, I'm a big Moxley fan. Like I may want to go to Vegas to watch Moxley and this anarchy in the arena. But like, we can't forget that like the world title is supposed to be bringing people into these venues. And the fact that three people that probably aren't going to be world champion, that probably can't, you know, dethrone Max and become world champion, being the world title match, I have to think that has a little to do with that that attendance. Yeah, yeah. That's just my last one. Yeah, and like I said, the uh, I talked about it too, star power. And I agree that those three guys probably won't be world champion. The match was great. Don't get me wrong. And one thing I did love about that match was that they kind of all paid tribute to their mentors. Like yeah. I did pop for that whole sequence. I really did. And I, oh, congratulations to Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. Good job, Sammy. You try to he's still trying to get everybody to like him. It ain't working over here. But congratulations. But I did enjoy that match. And I also like the fact that the callback of having MJF trying to get Sammy to lay down. And then I did appreciate this from Darby Allen as well. Doing the coffin drop and, and then um, and then the takedown, <laughs> because I remember that match from a few years ago, and then MJF kind of like doing the same thing back to Darby, pinning Darby the same way. I really did love that callback. I, I love I love everything you just said. I hate admitting it, Sammy in weird ways. And then I I remember his merch with a T shirt, him with the belt. He has it worn. Um, there, he is somewhat growing on me. I I can't stand his freaking character a lot of his tendencies but maybe as a human maybe I'm, maybe I'm a victim of all access there are some things about him that I do kind of like oh, I, I do kind of like this little piece of shit but um <laughs> yeah good for him congrats congrats on you know uh him, be, him and Ty becoming parents in the future but also how great was it they come out there and announce that they're gonna have kids and then the Dar- Darby's pre-entrance skits are is some of the greatest thing that, that AEW has ever done mm-hmm. but like for literally Darby to come out there and dress as Elvis and beat up a bride like or uh, like it's just hilarious 
right, so is that about double or nothing? That's it for double or nothing. All right, so Saturday afternoon we had Day of Champions. <laughs> for for us, it was it was a nice early show. So I'll go first with uh, Night of Champions. Um, this sh- I'm gonna give it a Slobberknocker as well. Like going into the show, there was like no build towards anything except for the typical stuff: Roman in the bloodline and Cody and um and Brock and of course Trish and Becky, but. It just wasn't a lot. I just expected it to be a good popcorn show, and that's what it, that's what it was. They jobbed Natty out on her birthday. Damn, Hunter. But I thought Roman and I thought Roman and Cody, Roman and the Roman and Solo against Owens and Zayn. I thought that was perfect. I'm shocked they did it there at that part, but I thought it was perfect and executed well. Uh, I talked about. I'm sure you uh, you probably remember my, remember my friend Justin from my baby shower, uh, my yeah. diesel, my diesel. So yeah. he was going back and forth with me at the WrestleMania about the bloodline story needs the end and all this stuff. So I'm like, no, you gotta be patient. So it's gonna be all pay out. So right after the match, he calls me and says that was beautiful. I'm like, see, I told you, you gotta be patient. And uh, we kind of after the night of champions match or the right Mania at, after the night of champions match, right after literally like maybe ten minutes after the show was over, he gave me a call about it. We we chatted up about it. And he was saying, like, yeah, we gonna, where are we going to go from here? We were kind of, like, brainstorming. We, we talked about probably, if not, maybe probably a money in the bank, you're going to get a Roman versus Jimmy or, or, or a tag match with Roman Solo or get against the Usos or you get Solo versus Jimmy or some kind of that. But it's all, Bloodline's going to implode pretty soon, pretty soon here. And uh, I, did, I did love every second of it. Shocked they did it there. Um, Asuka and Bianca. Um, I like the finish, but that's that's the only thing that that's the only part of the story. That's the only thing they had as such of a story was the fact that Bianca kept, kept avoiding the mist, and the title change felt kind of flat because there's nothing else about this story. We don't know why Oscar the way she is. There's been no heat towards this at all. So, but we have a new champion, but it's from somebody from SmackDown, which is holding the Raw title, which is still very strange. I feel kind of feel like Triple H is saying like. All right, you don't want a title switch, but we'll just keep the, the, the wrong title on the wrong show, but okay. So it and, seems like that's wrong. Yeah, and Seth and AJ, I thought they did a great opening, tore it up. I did enjoy that match. Mustafa Ali and Walter was fun. Um, Seth gear fire, good for an elite. Yes, it is. And I think and Trish and Becky, Becky did a great job carrying Trish in that match, and they did a good swerve with Zoe Stark because I'm really kind of like Zoe. I'm I'm really gonna I'm really gonna like that pairing because it seems like Trish is gonna be here to stay for a little while and it's kind of good to have somebody uh, to kind of be be her heater and Zoe Stark's the perfect person for that. But listen, I, listen there wasn't a lot of great build to this store to this show except for the uh, two marquee matches for the most part and Trish and Becky. So I'll just give it a slob knocker. Nothing bad here, but it was just kind of like a show just to move on. It was just it was just something to. Kind of bypass until we get to Money in the Bank. What are your thoughts? I'm similar with you. I mean, I'd go regular Slobberknocker. I mean, the that you know, with the opener and the closing match, similar to Double or Nothing, both delivered. The World Heavyweight Championship match was was great. The tag title match in the main event was great. And again, let's talk about it. The tag titles main eventing two pay per views in one year, and tag titles main eventing two pay-per-views in like 25 years it's pretty cool pretty cool um yeah that's all exciting 
I, I almost want to nitpick it and complain and say like, hey, look, like even the follow-up Raw kind of fell flat. But I am saying that like live right off after where a double or nothing was pretty, or I'm sorry, Dynamite following double or nothing was pretty flat outside of the middle of the show with the announcement of Punk. And there was some good stuff earlier in the show, but the, the ending was somewhat flat. But yeah, it's interesting. I mean, as not so exciting both these um, weekly follow-up shows were, there's some other stuff going on in the card where it's just so, okay, cool. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next week for both shows. All right. So, like, that's it pretty much for WWE this week. Um, Cody challenged Roman to another, Cody challenged Brock to another fight. That's about it. And we'll see what happens on SmackDown with Roman and the Bloodline. I'm really looking forward to that. And the one, the match of the weekend, in my opinion, now I haven't finished the entire show, but the match of the weekend to me was Dragunov versus Dijak in the last man standing match at NXT. And I highly recommend that. For everybody to watch if you haven't. Now, Dragunov and Dijak, those are two guys that, like, on a weekly basis, I'm not I don't, I'm not really looking for. But when it comes to pay-per-views slash takeovers, they always deliver. Every single time. And they both did not disappoint when they worked together this past weekend at NXT Battleground. I've only gotten through halfway of the sh- half of the show, but I really did enjoy the show so far. Wesley... That- Go ahead. Dejkovic, false count everywhere, alumni. Yep. Yeah, fr- former friend of the show. Great, great. He's been great in his uh, marquee matches. Uh, go, even dating back to a few years ago at TakeOver Portland, we challenged Keith Lee for the North American belt. That was an excellent match. And then this past year with Wes Lee at, at uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Well, Vengeance Day, I'm sorry. That was a great, that was a great match, and he didn't disappoint here at all. So, if if you guys watch anything this week, seek that out. It was really a really good match. And like I said, the North American title match was excellent as well with Wesley, Joe Gacy, and Tyler Bate. All right, so that's it for the weekly stuff. Um, I think it's time for the greatest segment in podcast and history. It's gold, it's gold, it's gold, it's gold. It's time to go, baby. All right. It's yours, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners to the madness. We're back after a week hiatus. We're back to Accolade Ack. While we're here, we wanted to um, return off something prominent. And when I say prominent, um, the World Heavyweight Championship was just re- resurrected. New design, Seth Rollins being the new champion. Our first week with this segment, we discussed the big goal. So there's been a lot of talk. We just spoke earlier about the WWE Women's Championships and how Raw titles are on SmackDown, SmackDown titles are on Raw, the draft happened, it's draft matter, whatever, whatever. The belts are on the wrong shows. What are they going to do about it? TBS championship has finally changed. The title's been in existence for over a year. Jade has been holding it. Chris Statlander Chris just won it. Tony Storm's now a two-time AW Women's Champion. Um, we got a brand-new NXT Women's Champion. I bring all this up because 
women's championships are very prominent. They're important at the moment. Oh, geez, how to skip over the most forgettable WWE women's championships. The women's tag titles just changed hands. <laughs> we have a real team, but when I say real team, I mean they're a real team because they go back. They are real friends. They've been on TV together, whether it be a cameo at WrestleMania 31, whether it be anything they've done in WWE in the main roster. I'm obviously talking about Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, former stars of the Entourage movie. They're the new hey, women's championships. They're a new women's championship, the new women's tag team champion. So all this women's championships, I want to talk about the historical late 90s debuted in the Attitude Era, the WWF slash WWE Women's Championship. The title that debuted on October 23rd, not 2013 when my daughter was born, October 23rd, 1995, I'm sorry, October 23rd, 1995 is when Alundra Blaze won uh, the women's title and she would then um, be stripped of the title that December when she threw it in the trash. However, it was September 15th, 1998, almost three years later when WWF resurrected the WWF Women's Championship. A whole new design. That was debuted, and it lasted about 12 years. We saw countless different champions. Going to skip around, whether it be Sable, Jacqueline, Deborah. Uh, we saw Ivory. We even saw the fabulous Mula win the title. Skip ahead a little bit. It's not like I don't want to forget the notables like the Cat, but we did see China, Lita, Trish, Molly Holly, Victoria, Jazz. Later, we would see Melina, Beth Phoenix, <sighs> Shelma Cool, and many others. But the classic WWF, WWE Women's Championship. Aaron, what is your first thoughts of when you think of that belt design that we did see and know to love? whether it be with or without a nameplate? Um, hmm. I think of the the peak of fandom. That's, that's I'll, put, I'll put it that way. My childhood. Uh, you said the belt lasted about 12 years. That Yeah, that's about right, 12 years. And it's interesting because, like, you know, like, a lot of women who initially held the belt weren't wrestlers, you know, like, like, like Sable, what Sable beat be Jacqueline for it. Um, the cat won a bikini contest to win the title. Um, Fabulous Moolah was the champion. You know, it was it was just it was just a bit of a prop. And I know you're gonna ask me who do I think of when I think of that belt. And it's not Trish. It's not Lita. It's Stephanie. <laughs> wow. It's, this it's, guy is the biggest Triple H it's, mark it's Stephanie, cause in I remember, the freaking world. Because I remember her with the belt. Like, she won a title the SmackDown before WrestleMania, with all the help from DX. It was just, like, the fact that... Five-star classic. The fact that... <laughs> a lot of help. But, like, the fact that she had, like... I don't know. It was, like, the part, the, the part of, like, the power couple. I think it was the first time where Triple H was the champion. First time you had the world champion and the women's champion together. And the fact that she just wore it, it was it was a prop at that time 
at that place in time. But I think of Stephanie when I see that belt because it was just it was just an era for me in that point in time. It was it was like probably the biggest era of Triple H. And I just think of Stephanie. Like when I have my figs displayed, I don't have a bunch of those belts, but Stephanie's gonna be one of the what people with one of those belts. So did just, you get that recent elite? I, the one I with didn't. SMH I, I have no. I don't. I have the Milkamania one. You need that figure. I, that figure comes with the belt. It comes with the belt. I, I have like maybe two belts. Um, I know. I, I know Trish has one of. Like I gave Trish the women title one that came from. Uh, know what? No, I had the Hall of Fame Trish. I didn't sell. The, did the women's title come with that one? Well, the women's title came with the. You know what? Ooh, I think, I think it, it did. did. I think it did. So I, I, I have think one. I think two. I think, I guess what because the, the chase. I guess she has four elites, and if we're talking about the recent one that has the chase, those two don't have the elite or don't have the belt, but I think her first two elites both have the okay, belt. Okay, so I think I have two of those belts. I know I have that belt, and I know I have the pale version that came with that China WrestleMania heritage. But Trish is going to have one on my display, and Stephanie's going to have one because it, it, it's just what I think of. Now, Trish it will be second on my list, but the rest of the people I think of versus the, the rush more of that belt are going to be completely different. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know where to even go with this. This is interesting. I, I knew we'd have some different takes. And, and the, the the fun thing for the listeners, uh, texting Aaron is always interesting because you never know. Like, you can't really be in his brain because when I thought of this belt, and like, and, and again, me reading your text, like when I was saying this is what I want to do, like, again, it's 12 years, but like reading your text, it's like, you want to talk about all 12 years? Like, that's the way I was reading it. Like, I thought you wanted to really summarize maybe – Let's do just when it was the F, or let's do just when it had the nameplate. I can't. So it's, 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 I don't want. So I don't want, the only reason I say that is how are we going to, for our second time doing this segment, go from the big gold that came around 80 whatever with Flair and was there till 2013 or Encina Brock? Like, how, like, how are we doing that almost 30 year gap? in comparison to this 12-year gap. It's almost comical when you just say it out loud. Um, I personally want to get into Rushmore. I think that's the only thing that makes the most sense at this point. Okay, so we'll do Rushmore then. uh, Who do you think of? Yeah, so the Rushmore, this is interesting too. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 let's save. No, who do you think of? Okay, so no particular order. Stephanie, Trish, Lita, and because this person's going to be in the Rushmore, but do I was I, about to say this already sounds like your Rushmore. But do I think Stephanie's not in the Rushmore? Oh, okay. Uh, the person I think the last person because I'd probably say Beth as the person you think of. Yes. All right. Um, I want you to go first for your Rushmore then. Okay, it'll be Trish, Lita, um, Beth, Mickey. Beth, Mickey. Okay, so keep in mind, if this belt was there from September of 98 and retired right after his 12th birthday, September 19th, 2010, 
thing celebrated exactly 12 years. If I stopped watching wrestling at 04 and didn't get back into it until November 2010 or arguably April, March 2011, I missed this belt's retirement, which would have hurt as I got back into it because I remember it debuting. But I also missed half of this lineage. Um, for me, man, I, I, I almost want to start it in reverse order because I always feel like that's the fun way. But um, I got to go Trish. Trish, I, I know with the modern-day uh, four horsewomen – it's really hard to like rank like the greatest women's champion of all time. Who did this? Who's the best at this? But like for me, it's so hard not to say like who's the greatest women's champion of all time. That was, that was Trish. When I think of this belt, it's without a shadow of a doubt, it's Trish. Um, second, I obviously I gotta go Lita. Um, third and fourth, I feel it could easily be swapped around, and it could be a hot take. But again, I'm really thinking of kind of almost specific kind of era. Um, as much as it was cool to see Deborah with it, which didn't make sense, because like <laughs> you said, not a wrestler. Or how much is like Sable being one of the inaugural champions, and she, you know, she's. I just wish I could be her beast incarnate. But um, for third and fourth, I gotta go. And I don't want to go in specific order, and maybe I'm going in specific order to save the best for last. But I gotta go Molly Holly, okay. because like it. But I feel like I feel like I'm giving that answer in like clouded judgment. Like I remember her winning it, but like I know I wasn't a fan when she put her hair on the line, okay. and like to know she did something like that, like that's special for the belt. And like I hope like as like a fan that wasn't there watching that, like I hope the fans that did watch that like know in hindsight, like or like appreciated then and slash like, appreciated more after knowing. But number four, I got to go Jazz okay. because when Jazz won it and when Jazz was defending it and when Jazz was competing for it, it was a, it was a wrestling championship. Mm-hmm. It was not a prop. That was a shoot. It, it was a wrestling belt, and it was up there with – it was intercontinental title. It was European title. It, it was a wrestling belt. People were out there competing for it. Yeah, I, re- I respect it, especially um... – you don't have the same kind of connection with it after you stop watching. Um, so I, I respect it. Cause like, I don't really remember like Mickey's debut and that whole thing. Like I vaguely do, but like, I don't, I definitely don't know yeah. her winning the belt. So Trish has the longest reign only because she got hurt and they never took the belt off of her when she got hurt. They kept it on her. And then I don't want to hurt her and take her butt off my phone. <laughs> and, then when she, and then when she came back, that's when she started feuding with Mickey. So she missed a lot of 05. Then she came back. And then that's when the whole Mickey thing started. So. It makes sense. I mean, but it's, and again, I wasn't watching then, but it's like, it's one of those things. I think I was just watching like a, a clip of like uh, longest reigning champions or, or you know what? It probably, I, I watched the history of this belt. I watched like the, the title change for each one. I watched, it was, you know, a YouTube compilation about it. it uh, you know, my, my fandom 2023 Trish comes out. I pop, <laughs> I see that belt. I think of it. I, I think of her. It's just easy. I always, I always think as a belt mark, I always think like if I would buy a women's belt, like a replica for my daughter to have, like I'm like, Valentina, like, I know, like, 
I pointed out to her, like, I guess, like, my affinity with Bailey and, like, Bailey's heel run, like, I would love for her to have the SmackDown replica. And, like, she's pointing out she likes the Raw one. But I'm like, uh, like, how can I tell her, like, yo, this Attitude Era one, this, <laughs> this is jam right here. <laughs> now, 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 next week, there's one I'm waiting for you to do because that will be really, like, a great conversation. Um, well, so- we really messed up by missing last week. I want you to, I'm sorry to talk over your thought. But I was ready to debut a schedule. Okay. But no, continue your thought. Because there's two belts. One, uh, I'll just say it this. You'll know what I'm hitting towards. But these two belts are would be excellent conversation. And I'll just say one's an oval. That's all I'll say. Um, but I guess we can get to that next week or whenever you send me your schedule. Well, hmm. <laughs> all right. I will have fun with this because for the listeners, I we started this show. I was triple fisted. <laughs> so next week is gonna or our next episode is gonna be our third time doing this segment. So for that and to really pop, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'm gonna give the the next two segments. I'm gonna all right, you know I'm gonna give the next three. So we debuted with the big gold. Our second segment has been on the Attitude Era, the 98 to 2010 Women's Championship. For the third time, we're going with the WWF slash WWE European Championship. Okay, that was the other one. Makes a lot of sense for you and I. Yeah, and that one, because like, like I said, like those, those two, there's another one that's a shape. Um, those were, those... We got we to gotta stagger these. Okay, so those were my two ones, and those are going to be some good conversation because that's the hot potato era. Right? So that that one, that so I'm going to give us a good one because I know you and I specifically, and this is an open invite for good friends of the show that have been on the show. If they want to join us next week when we're doing the European Championship, they got some thoughts they can join. Um the fourth week, we're going to take a little breather. We're going to have an easy one. And again, an open invite, especially to the AEW marks. Episode four is going to be V1 slash V2 because of the resizing. We're going to talk about the debut edition of the AEW Women's Championship. Yeah. <laughs> so we got that. And then for our fifth segment, which I'm making it like it's going to be almost like fun little exercise for us because you and I both know a lot about the European Championship, so that's easy. Uh, the Women's Championship, the debut of AEW. AEW's been around four years. Belt's already been had a facelift, but it was already resized. The, fir- the first debut belt, then it was resized during the pandemic era. That's what we're going to talk about, that oval-shaped belt. And ironically, oval-shaped, but the oval was going in a different direction. Episode five, we're, you and I are going to have to do some research. We're going to do the TNA Big Gold. Okay. So after we catch up on this, you and I off air, we'll, we'll get a little more into the schedule. But we got plenty to go. The Accolade X segment is booming. All right. I, I'm, I'm down for that one. I'm looking forward to it. The next three weeks, I'm looking forward to it. All right, guys. So, well, actually, did you get anything? 
I got a couple of things. You go first. Uh, well, I don't or, have it I, in my possession, um, but I okay. did. I did get the. Um, well, I have it, but I don't have it with me in hand. I got this Ultimate Rollins. Beautiful. Oh, sweet. Beautiful. That's all I gotta can't, say. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to have one of my own. I'll run through three random ones. Uh, Mother's Day treated myself to the Fall E Dangerously Elite from the Legend series. I, I'm obsessed. I love this figure. I couldn't remember if I brought this up last time we were on the show. Uh, either way, figure of the year contender. I love it. And you know what looks really good with it? Uh, debut NWA in the Mattel WWE line. We got the NWA Red Strap TV title, Stunning Steve Austin. Um, again, uh, I mean, for me personally, this is going to be up there, figure of the year. Love it. That's definitely been the top 10. And there's four figures that could give you a hint to this. But I did get Doc Hendricks. <laughs> from my build of figures collection Sweet. uh rumble rumble mike being a rumble mark yeah this, this is good all right so that's, that's it all right guys so as all as always subscribe on all the podcast platforms itunes google play pod being a stitcher for x2 flyer eric and bicky i'm alo aaron lloyd we'll see you guys soon Talking all of this madness they talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle.